the more you know about yourself, the more you know your you know about your business. There's a lot of people that don't know about themselves. It's scary to go in there, right? Um, so that's that's uh, the more that you start to understand who you could be speaking to, should be speaking to, um, the more the the stronger of a foundation your business is going to have. Welcome to the Sacred Soul Podcast. Your soul is sacred. Your soul is sacred. Your soul is so sacred. I'm your host, Vanessa Soul. Welcome back to the Sacred Soul Podcast. I'm so excited for today's conversation. Jeremy, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, of course. So I was scrolling through Instagram one day and your account really caught my attention. One, because you talk a lot about business strategy for coaches, but there was also like, I felt like a deeper <laughs> sense of um, like a deeper motivation for getting the right information. So can you just give us like a casual intro into kind of like what you do? Yeah. Yeah. As far as, um, keeping it casual, I, the intros are always difficult because I, I, I've worn a lot of hats throughout my life. Um, firstly, I was a, um, an actual health coach with, um, within rehabilitation, prehabilitation and biomechanics. Um, for many years, I was a teacher. Um, so at that point I've been an educator for 15 years. And then at some point I made a switch over into business and, marketing. And now what I do is I work with um, health and wellness professionals to essentially grow their brand, um, connect with different audiences. Beautiful. I love that. And so for your journey, like your personal journey, when did like, where were you at a time in your life? Like before I always, I always say that most of us have this 2.0 version that we're in. <laughs> Though, right. Those for those of us who are in conscious business, like you and I. Um, so what was your life like? What were some of the things that were current for you before um, your inspiration to to shift? Yeah, yeah, you bring up um, you bring up a good good point about the 2.0 thing. You know, I think that I think that we've all, you know, have lived you know, different lives. Um, I would say for myself. I was, I don't, I don't want to say like your typical person, but when I was younger, it was always the same thing that a lot of people think, which is like, oh, I go to school, um, just go to college, get a good job, house, and you know, the, the, the cookie cutter life. And um, I think from a young age, I, I've always like questioned that. I've always been like skeptical of the status quo to some degree. And I think that there's a lot of people that might identify as that as, as this iconoclastic um, perspective on life. Like I want to go against the grain. And, um, that being said, I did all that stuff. I was going to school. Um, originally I wanted to be a PE teacher and then I started going, I, I went to college for kinesiology and, um, then I, and I still wanted to be a teacher. And as it happened, um, you know, when I first moved away for college, I ended up becoming a personal trainer, um, at a gym a long time ago. Um, most people don't even know this name anymore. Uh, Bally total fitness. Oh my gosh. And that, was, uh, and that was actually in Fresno. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I mean, there's a whole different whole like rabbit hole I could go down as far as like the personal training stuff. But ultimately, 
you know, I was on this journey to better myself. I was a really like overweight child and I, oh, I, man, I had like deep insecurity issues, deep insecurity issues, um, all throughout my life. So really when I started studying like nutrition and exercise, it was all, it was all just a means to like better myself. And as it happened, I'm like, oh, maybe I can, you know, do this professionally to make some money, um, while I'm going through school. And, um, that, that was really like the first, like, like the first anchor in like my trajectory of health. It was like exercise. Like, this is the thing that I want to be, you know, really good at. And after that, I, I, uh, as I said, I wanted to be a teacher, but I ended up getting a job as an athletic director. I was still a teacher, but I, but I oversaw, um, athletics for a, uh, um, for a therapeutic boarding school for, um, for overweight teens. Um, again, that's a whole other like rabbit hole, but I mentioned this specifically because this was a pivotal time for me, which I think separated my own like my own like establishment ideas with fitness and then like start to understand more about I don't even like to use the word psychology, but like are the deeper drive behind humans and what we do. I was like, health isn't just about like, oh, do your squats, do your push ups, go to the gym, have discipline like it's not it's not so simple as that. Like I, working with kids and working, it was a psychotherapeutic clinic. So the kids um, worked with uh, um, cognitive behavioral therapists. I worked hand in hand with them very closely and doing this for so many years, like really changed my perspective. I'm like, man, it is really not so simple as like, just go exercise. Like even that can be its own form of, of internal abuse or escapism to some degree. There has to be a different relationship with health that we have to establish, we have to understand the why behind what we do, like our addictions, our attachments, our coping mechanisms with what we're doing. So this was a big, big turning point in my life um, as a coach. And then from there, I moved to Southern California and kind of fell right, right back into education, but for other practitioners. So I went on with another company and I was traveling the world teaching certifications in this prehabilitative, uh, uh, prehabilitative modality. But um, a lot of it was still very much oriented around behavior. And that's what I really liked. Now, I could, again, I could go down a whole rabbit hole with that, but I'm going to kind of transition here. I've always been kind of a nerd. Like I've always been like, like kind of like techie. And while I was a teacher, I ended up, um, I ended up getting a gig on NBC uh, for doing li a live fitness segment every week. And it was interesting. This was when I was like, I don't know, this was 15 years ago, but um, this was interesting for me because I was developing a skill that I didn't realize that I was that what I would carry with me for the rest of my life. Like live TV is is its own like thing. Like I had to be really good at showing up and and turning on and educating and 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 create a a compelling um, fitness segment, if you will. And that actually spiraled into other um, uh, television opportunities. So I had been doing interviews for different like TV networks. Um, just by happenstance, it's like people know people like, oh, hey, we want to, you know, we want to interview this guy until finally it actually culminated in me being on Dr. Phil. That was that was kind of a cool thing for um, it was if, you know, anybody could YouTube like the story of the 500 pound man. And it was one of my students that I worked with at the school. And um, just I mean, he was like 600 pounds, actually, like I think it was 630 pounds when he first came to the school. And, um, you know, I was responsible for working with him um, one on one. So. Anyways, this whole like TV thing, you know, really gave me um, a sense of comfort for showing up on camera. So later on in life, I'm like, you know what? I see that there is a massive gap between like practitioners 
and like their audiences. Okay. Now that being said, I mentioned that I moved to Southern California and, and, and Vanessa, you, you know, you know, you know this about me, but I moved because like, like I had, I had a nervous breakdown. That's what, that's what it was going on. Like I had just gotten out of a long-term relationship. I was partying a lot and I was actually smoking a lot of uh, weed actually. And this is somebody who like doesn't, hadn't, hadn't really like partaken in such things. And, and one day I, uh, I, I smoked some weed that, um, I know this is taking the story in a whole different direction, <laughs> uh, but one day I smoked some weed that, um, you know, I, I, some people speculate it might have been laced with something, maybe not, but like it really did a number on me. And, and when I say did a number on me, like my, like my brain blew up is the way that I, I describe it. And I could no longer, like I had like PTSD. I was diagnosed with PTSD because I was having like a psychotic events. I was having hallucinations and like, like ongoing, not just like in one time. And the doctors couldn't really help me. All they were doing was putting me on pills. So I'm like, I'm trying to function as an athletic director. I'm trying to function in my life while also like becoming disassociated and like having these like panic attacks constantly, constantly. So, um, so they put me on a lot of pills. Anyways, that was one reason why, like, I I, I ended my uh, my my career as a uh, as an athletic director. Um, I needed to do something different. I needed to move. I needed to like change my life. But like, honestly, moving to a different place didn't really help much. So, um, the reason I became an educator in this in this prehabilitative modality, um, the company is called Functional Patterns. Um, for anybody that knows it. The reason I'd, I, I had gone on with them is because they, the company specializes in myofascial release, the actual like palpation and like, like manual manipulation of tissues. And when I had some like release work done on my neck, I was like, I felt better in that moment than I had in the several years before being on Zoloft and Prozac and all these other meds. And, you know, doctors tell me I'm going to be on meds for the rest of my life. And in that moment, I was like, wow we have so much more power over our health than we've been taught. We've been taught. I'm like, I feel lied to like, this is like, what else can we do with our health? And that really gave me a different respect for what a lot of people today call like alternative medicine, which is actually not alternative medicine. It should be conventional medicine and all the poison um, that, that, you know, the Western, the Western medicine establishment feeds us. Um, That shit should be the alternative. And, um, as you can hear in my tone right now, created a lot of anger, created a lot of anger. And that drove me to like, to want to help people at a deeper level. And I was like, you know what? I want to do more than just help people like one-on-one. I want to help all these other holistic, functional medicine oriented practitioners. I want to help them develop the skills that I have to be able to reach more audiences. I want them to be able to reach more people. And that was, that was kind of like the mission that I undertook. And, and when I say undertook, I mean, like, that's what I feel like in my, like in my bones, like, that's like, that's what I do. It's not even like a question. Like I, like moves that I make consciously and unconsciously are all driven by this action of trying to help practitioners like impact more people. So that way more people can realize like, Hey, you don't have to rely on, you know, go on 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 what i might call a defunct um medical establishment that is really um you know it's very cookie cutter paid for by you know the pharmaceutical industry and they're not actually you know at least consciously anyway they're not like they're not they're not trying to heal you 
They're not trying to heal you. They're trying to put band-aids on top of band-aids, band-aids on top of shotgun wounds. And it's like, man, if people only realize like they have so much more, more um, uh, control over their health, so much more power over their health than they realize. So anyways, <laughs> eventually I went from educator to, you know, business and marketing. And um, that's kind of where I am now. I, I, I opened up, I, I've had the experience of opening up a wellness center in, uh, in San Diego, California. Um, from there, I moved to Arizona uh, with my wife and son. And I was doing a virtual while doing like my business, like consulting. Um, I was also still doing uh, virtual coaching. Um, so that was that was a, a kind of an interesting thing. I built a virtual membership. And then eventually I became uh, I got I got intertwined with a company called Somatic Breathwork. So right now I work um, kind of like on their executive board um, and I and I also work like with my own with my own clientele. I love it. I love it. So many good things you said, by the way, you're like alternative medicine should not be called alternative medicine. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, but we all kind of understand there's this big business theory behind a lot of the things that are mainstream right now. Um, but I love that you have passion for holistic health and wellness and, and anger, by the way, it's, it's because I'm a healer. It took me a while to understand until I became a healer that that's actually part of our process when we're like, when we're starting to stand up for ourselves and other people. And we're like, I deserve better. This is not right. <laughs> Things need to change. Um, and it's a big part in our, our expansion journey, our, our healing journey, when we're demanding more for ourselves and other people. And so I love how that, that anger led you into your passion right now. Um, I have, I like to work or I, I like to have this idea around soul purpose. And so those are the people that I work with often. I take them through a healing process and, and kind of helping them like expand into their purposes. Do you believe in a purpose and do you feel like you're already working in your soul purpose? Oof, man, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if I believe in divine purpose as much as it is intentional purpose. I feel purposeful and yet I also don't necessarily judge those that don't feel like they're doing something for purpose. Um, you know, and I think, but, but actually, and, and this is kind of taking the conversation in a different direction, but especially like as a man, like I reflect on my life and my earlier on in my life, I'm like, man, you weren't really taught to like live with passion, with purpose, with intention necessarily. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know, to, to kind of um, what I, to coin a phrase, like embody my own like masculine energy, finding my purpose is, um, is, is, is important. Um, uh, embodying my own purpose is important. Um, and that's, I don't know if that's to say that everybody like, you know, has to go on a mission to change the world, not necessarily. And I don't even know if I, I mean, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do the best that I can for like myself and, you know, my, and, and those around me. Um, but, uh, but I think we can all find something like that if, if, if we want to, and if not, then that, then that's not for anyone else to judge, you know, as, as you know, as it is. But, um, but that, that's, I think it's something that we can, we can cultivate. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and thank you. I, I love the way you answer that, by the way, it's, it's like, it's all valid, right? All, all the different perspectives that we could have around being purposeful 
living a purposeful life and, and being on a path of purpose. And the reason why I ask is just because I find it, this is like the common denominator when I'm reading books or listening to other podcasts or whether it's friends or clients or mentors, most people have this awakening process or this shift in their life, this soul awakening that happened kind of like your, uh, your weed experience that could have been laced. Who knows what happened there? Um, but it's just like, that was the initiator that kind of like, you just changed your whole trajectory. So that's kind of what I was piecing together from my perspective. Yeah, there's. Thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast. And I just want to take a quick second to tell you about something super, 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 super exciting. And that is the Soul Purpose Powerhouse community. This is my online purpose mastermind. And it is here to support you. If you are dedicated, committed, focused, intentional about expanding further into your mission, into your purpose, building out what that looks like, executing, implementing, looking at different possibilities, and really launching your spiritual entrepreneurship or whatever that might look like, this is the community for you. You don't have to be the lone wolf and you don't have to recreate the will. Join this community, get all the support you need, all of the inspiration, all of the ideas, all of the camaraderie that comes along with it. Thank you so much for listening to this and I hope to see you there. Another way that I could, that I would probably, I, I, would, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. Um, anger drove me a lot in my life. And going back to like this company that I worked with, Functional Patterns, it, it's more than a company like I, I worked with their, their founder, his name is Naudi Aguilar. And he's probably one of the most profound mentors that I've ever had in my life. And he gave me permission to be angry, gave me permission to be angry. And, and again, this is like a cult. We, we, we go, we grew up in a culture where it's like, like anger and being angry is bad. And what I've learned is that like, there's like, there's destructive anger, right? And especially like I, I, you know, is what I tell my sons that we have destructive anger and then we have integrated anger. You know, it's like, obviously we have anger that, you know, is where we destructive anger, where we lean into that. And, and it's, it's just, it's self-destructive. It's, it's, it, it hurts us. It hurts other people, other people hurts us. It doesn't, you know, move us forward in life. Whereas integrated anger, it's something that we can tap into and keep going, push ourselves further, you know, and now Aguilar was probably one of the first people to, to help me understand this. And he got me to a certain point. As it happened, then I got connected with somatic breath work, and I met Stephen Jaggers with that. And it's funny because I—I I mean, I have had some of the most amazing mentors in my life. Like I—I, I, I, some people ask me like, "How I does I do what I do?" I'm like, I'm like I'm literally just a a, a, a culmination of the amazingness. Uh, I had a, I had a friend once tell me that I, that I gravitate towards greatness, and I and I and I agree with that. Um, I worked with Steven Jaggers and somatic breath for like six months. And then after the, and then after, before I did my first somatic breath work session, and this is breath work is different for me. Like, I, again, I was like, before this, I'm working with acupuncturists, massage therapists, like Wim Hof master instructors. Like I'm working with a lot of people in the, in the, like the, um, in the wellness, um, like the holistic space. But then I started experiencing breath work and I did my own session and 
Whereas I already had the permission to feel anger, I now had the permission to feel everything else. And because of that, I feel like the permission, the more permission that I gave myself to feel everything, the more purpose-driven my life could become. So to kind of piggyback on the question you asked me before about purpose, I think that's something where I'm like, before anybody has to ask themselves, am I like living a purposeful life? What are you carrying on your shoulders that's preventing you from even asking that question, from even answering it specifically? And it's those things that we have to kind of like let off. And um, and since that time, two years ago, like my life has just, you know, been on been on an upward trajectory because I just I don't feel like I'm so blocked. I'm so blocked. So it, it, there, there's something to be said about this these parallels between like purpose and permission. Yes, absolutely. And I love what you said. You said, once I gave myself permission to feel anger, I gave myself permission to feel everything else. (laughs) Every other emotion that needed to be felt, seen, heard, expressed. Um, And breath work is so powerful for that. Um, And let's, this is like perfect timing. Let's just shift into, is there a particular breathwork ceremony where you just felt like, and I, this can happen at every breathwork ceremony for some people, um, doesn't happen at every breathwork ceremony for myself, but there's definitely a few where I feel like I went in as one person and I came out of that breathwork as another person. Do you have one specific instance or is it pretty much every time for you? Oh, no, no I'm not even gonna lie. It was the very first session and then like really never again after that. Okay. Uh, not, not in that, not at that capacity. Like, I can do a breathwork session now and get done with it. And like, oh, I feel better. Like, I feel like I got some like stuff, stuff out of me, you know, but like, and I, and I don't, I don't go in it to chase the dragon. Like I did off my first session, my first session. I was like, I mean, it was like, I was, I, I came out, I, like I came out of it a broken man and I, you know, I like slowly, but surely started to piece myself back together. And I was, and I was 10 times stronger than I ever was before. Um, Anyways, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I got, I had that really, really profound experience in the beginning and then a- everything after that is just kind of like maintenance kind of right. felt like, um, so yeah, and I, yeah, I think I've been pretty good about going into it, going into those without, without expectation. I think that's kind of one of the keys. Yeah. Lovely. So yeah, our experiences are, are similar. My first one, I never really put that label on it. Like I felt like a broken person coming out of it, but I did <laughs> because mm-hmm. it was that intense. I mean, like, everyone was, they weren't really worried about me like afterwards, but they were just like, Oh God, is she, is she going to be all right? Yeah. <laughs> it was just like all my facades were just like shattered, right? All the masks were just like thrown on the ground and there was no way to piece it back together. And I was like, I'm, I'm worried. I'm scared. Like what's, what's going to happen next in my life. Cause like, I don't even know who I am right now. It was kind of like, but that's how powerful it could be for the first time. And then, yeah, doing the maintenance and, and some people of course might experience um, a few of those, you know, depending on how active they are with breath work. Yeah. I think the, I, I, um, I've seen so many experiences. It's like to, it's to the point now, cause I've worked with somebody for so long and I've, and, and other practitioners, I've seen so many breath work sessions and now I see somebody just like going through it. I'm just kind of like walking by like, <laughs> you know, like it, like nothing like that. It doesn't even like take me, take me back anymore, but um, you know, for that, that, that one, that one thing that you're letting off, you know, that one, that one first session that like, how do I say this? It might take some time to break down the walls. It might take some time to like break down the barriers, but, um, I have found breathwork to be like the most impactful, like thing 
that somebody can do at least in one session. Again, work with these other different different professions, but I've never seen I've never seen something in one session that can have the you know the profound impact. Which is funny because in my session that I did my very first one, I um I I actually wasn't really expressing a lot. I was just laying down and like my eyes are closed, but there's like all sorts of fireworks going off here. The session ends. The session ends. And, um, and I'm just still kind of like sitting there processing. And then finally, after Steven, Steven Jaggers like dismisses us, like dismisses the session, I get up and I like, I walk over to one of my best friends, his name is Andrew Fisher. He's also one of the founders of, of Somatic. And, and I walk over to him and I just start crying. I, I like th- that was like, it's crazy. Cause like I, I, you, I see all these expressions in a session. My expression didn't come till right after. Mm. And that for me was like, actually what I remember the most. It was just like, this breaking down and like, and it's crazy. Cause like, I, I think about myself like breaking and Andrew was there to actually, actually catch me. Like he actually like held me and, and, uh, um, I've, I've never been, I've never been the same since. Powerful, yeah. powerful. Oh my gosh. I love that. And crying is such a big energetic release. It's oh. clearing the slate. It's, it's literally removing toxic energies and emotions that have been blocking our meridians, our channels, like just blocking our body and our genius and our greatness and crying allows that to come out through tears and expression and sound. Very powerful. And, um, and everyone needs to cry. Everyone needs to cry. We all know there's a stereotype for some of us in our families around men not crying or boys being told not to cry. Um, but as an emotional healer, I'm like, we all need it. It's a fundamental human need to express and cry when it comes up. It's not about being dramatic or, or pretending or like, you know, forcing it. It's literally about, give, like you said earlier, giving yourself yourself permission to feel. Yeah, I, um, after seeing so many breathwork sessions, I believe that I've come to the, um, I I believe I've come to the belief. I've come to the belief that the actual most profound aspect of, of a, of a breathwork session or anything else, everything I'm going to say right here is actually like, it goes well beyond breathwork, but it is the permission at the end of the session to be able to share. And, and what's interesting is that I've actually brought this into my, uh, my own like business coaching where I, what I, one of the things I teach people about is, is creating safety within your business. And, um, I, I, I use this phrase like I want everyone to, to create a, a connection based business model. That's what I say. And when I talk about safety, it's like how what, what's the safety in your social media? And I know that's a very like broad like phrasing, um, but that's really what most people need in their lives and their relationships. Right. And again, we we tend to take this 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 we we uh, we synonymize like safety with like vulnerability and maybe for some people weakness even right but like there needs to be safety in everything in our as i said like in our relationships in our work life you know in ourselves in ourselves i've heard you know i've heard steven talk about that before like if we don't feel safe in ourselves like it's like it's like walking into a home you know walking into somebody else's home where you don't feel welcome and it's like you can that's very possible to do even within yourself um but permission and safety i i i it's, it's interesting you asked this question about purpose in the very beginning it, it kind of caught me off guard because I, I I don't think I don't know if I've been asked that question you know in such a way but everything we're talking about about right now is going back to that you know for me and say permission 
safety. I think these are the things that are really going to allow people to like, again, we're trying to take our judgment out of it where, but, but it's like, but it's like this like soft, like kind of love where it's like, I don't know, maybe take some, you know, get some more permission and safety in your life. See how that feels. You know, <laughs> you know, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt you. Um, and yet, and actually what's conversely, we can see the hurt that a lack of permission and safety, you know, is, you know, when that's, when that's, when that's present in people. Right. So, um, yeah, we all need to be a little bit, uh, a little bit kinder to ourselves. Yes. Yes. And I love that. I love that you bring that into your work with your clients, like bringing awareness around the concept of safety, because it is so important. Right. And, and we, we all can really flourish when we do feel more safe in our bodies, in our mind, in our homes, <laughs> in our friend groups, in our family, uh, with clients or with um, mentor, like whatever it is, whatever the dynamic is, it's, it's safety is like that first foundation. So I love that. And speaking about the people that you're helping and supporting and guiding with, with your passion for, you know, uh, the wellness industry and um, coaches or, or people who are providing those services, what are some of the most common struggles that they're dealing with? Is it imposter syndrome? Is it is it them feeling safe in their in what they're doing, or what what is it that's that might be common? Um, the one that sticks out to me is one that I've I've I guess last learned about in my career. the The most recent thing that I learned about my career, and I and I and I really started to understand this the most probably about six months ago, maybe a year ago. Um, and it's about like identifying your niche. And this might sound like a very like surface level thing or like, oh, you need to know about your niche. There was a, um, there's a book that I read. It's called Your Next Five Moves by a guy named Patrick Bet David. And he uses a phrase in that, in that book. He says, the more you know about yourself, the more you know about your business. And I have seen, I get that before I read this book, before I read this book, I'm still encountering clients, students, because I work with people one on one. And they also I also run mastermind groups where I'm like, I'm actually able to, to like, uh, I have like a video course, essentially that people go through. And then I and then I, um, I go through like weekly calls, like we're almost like workshop calls um, to kind of help them either work through the material, what they're what they're going through. And what comes up so often is this I is this is this lack of understanding around who you should be speaking to around who you should be speaking to. That is probably the most common barrier, um, you know, the most common barrier. Imposter syndrome is definitely like there. I think that's present for a lot of people just because we, you know, we just doubt ourselves. Um, but the niching thing, like, yes, it can be surface level, but it can also be very deep. Because as I said, like, um, the more you know about yourself, the more you know, your, you know about your business. There's a lot of people that don't know about themselves. It's scary to go in there, right? Um, so, that's that's uh the more that you start to understand who you could be speaking to should be speaking to um the more the the stronger of a foundation your business is going to have yeah i love that and it's a triggering thing the whole the whole niching thing niching niching or niching however it's said uh because yeah it's it's like i think and I went through this too. I think because I was so excited to leave one career <laughs> and go into and to start my business, I was like, that took a lot, right? This was in 2021. 
And then once I got there, I was like, well, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, I'm here. <laughs> I'm doing energy work right now. I'm doing human design readings because that's what I started off doing. Um, and then, and but that was all I had. Like, that's where I was. I I understood the niching, the niching thing. I still can't even say the word, but I just, I knew that it was going to like, I needed to kind of experience myself doing some of the work. Um, but at, at the time, what I remember the most is it was almost a little triggering, but I'm, my theory around triggers now is I tell people like, that's where our growth is, is if you do feel triggered that you're being asked to know who you're speaking to, it's a sign, you know, to really start doing some planning or, or, or yeah, get to know yourself so that you can figure out what kind of reflection you want to be. Who are you mirroring? Who can you help the most and the best? And it does take that self-exploration. So for anyone who's listening to this, if you haven't started your business yet, <laughs> we're just letting you know, the niching thing is definitely very vital. And um, if you do feel triggered around it, just open up to that, like give yourself permission <laughs> to feel the emotions of the trigger. Like, man, I really don't know that question. You don't have to beat yourself up for not knowing it. Um, but it can let you know, like where to do the work, where to do the discovery, where to kind of brainstorm and write some things out or work with people that can support you in that process. Would you agree? Oh, I, I think you said it perfectly. Uh, you, you said like, don't beat yourself up about it. It's funny because that right there is where I'm like, is where I have to like, I have to like tread lightly with people. Cause I'm like, look, I'm like, you need to know more about your niche. And then on the end, but then the way people process that it's like, oh, I can't move forward in my business without knowing about my niche. No, 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 no. Don't, as you said, like, don't beat yourself up about it. Certainly don't get too hung up on it. But as again, as you said, like that's that's the, an opportunity where you, you know, you can do some work because um, I find that there's like kind of two there's two there's two parts to this. There's the scarcity part from a money standpoint where it's like I don't want to I don't want to niche. I don't want to I want I don't want to hyper define myself because I am I can potentially miss out on all this money, you know, an opportunity out here. And there's some there's some validity to that. There's some validity to that. But at the same time, the way that humans, or at least the way that we are in, in Western society is that we tend to compartmentalize, you know, our health. And we need to know that the problem that I'm searching for can be solved from like the specific person, you know, from, from like a specific individual. So this person that like does that, that's speaking really broadly, they're not speaking closely enough. They're not speaking narrowly enough, specific enough to that individual to, to consciously or unconsciously convince them that they can solve their problem, you know, so they need to move past, they need to move past the money thing. And then there's the actual like metaphysical aspect of it where they're, as I mentioned, like they're kind of, they're like afraid to go inward. Um, and sometimes they just don't know how to go inward, you know, and, and, and maybe that starts as just actually one of the best places to start is just your own life experience. You know, for people that are often confused, I'm like, maybe you're just speaking to your former self. Maybe the, all the things that you've, overcome in life like these are the things that you have authority in so that might be one of your best places you know to start you know i often i often uh, break up break authority into you know three areas one is your education uh, which is like your formal degrees certifications and whatnot um there's your actual experience how long you've been doing something and then your actual like your passion and your interest all three of those can go a really long way you know, mm -hmm. any of those three or any, or, you know, overlapping. Some people have the trifecta of, of all three, you know, um, they, they can go a long way. But um, as you said, for anybody listening, like, don't beat yourselves up. 
can still keep moving forward. It's an opportunity to do some work. Yeah. Yeah. It's really about clarity at the end of the day, you know, even if, if, if you're, you know, don't beat yourself up, don't feel bad about it, but just, just understand that we all can use more clarity in, in everything, right? Like, cause if there's, if there's a lack of clarity, there's confusion. And we know what that leads to. We can see a, a lot of examples in our society today where there's just a lot of confusion or misinformation. So really making things super clear for yourself and the other person that can help them decide, right? And, and then they have clarity, like, okay, this is the right thing for me. I get it, you know? And then there's there's some momentum that's that's able to be set there. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, amazing. And then do you have any other tips for people who might be either going into business for themselves in the holistic space or as a coach or anything like that? Any other tips that would be useful starting points? You mentioned clarity, you know, and this is something, again, where I think that people like you asked me like the biggest barriers and a lot of people they have they need clarity around who they are, who they should be speaking to again, like the niche, the niche thing. Um, and then they need clarity around like, what it is that they want to do? Like, what do they actually want to do? Because what I find with a lot of practitioners is that they leap from like certification to certification or like modality to modality, and then they end up like, they end up having all they end up being all these like different resources to all these different people. But it's like, but now they end up with another problem, which is like, well, where do I go next? You know, I honestly think one of the areas that people that, that, um, that, that, that holds people back is that they go from modality to modality and they never go from like modality to marketing. Like in this day and age, somebody, I was at a convention, um, last, uh, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a fitness convention actually last April. And, um, Somebody asked the question, like, why do we market ourselves? Well, that was a good question. Like, why do we market ourselves? I'm like, I market myself because I like marketing. Like, I, because I, you know, I think social media, I feel like social media can be its own form of expression, to be honest. You know, like, like I think social media can be fun. I think people can be overly serious about it um, sometimes, but, um, but, but because from a business standpoint, anyways, they're asking yourself, like, why do we market ourselves? And it's like, because you actually want to help your clients. And because in this day and age, in the age of technology and social media, people are being inundated with data and information and misinformation, disinformation and, uh, and, and, and archaic, outdated ideas of information. And at this stage in the game, you know, we, we kind of have to market ourselves and we're and to not market yourself is actually kind of doing an injustice you know, to the potential people that, that you could really help. And that's, that's probably one of those, one of those things where I often, I often comment on like, there's this dichotomy between the purist and then what I call like the heartpreneur. It's like just a phrase where I say like the heart centered entrepreneur, most practitioners are like the purist and they just want to be good. And they don't learn about marketing and social media and technology. They don't learn about that stuff because they just want to be good at what they do. And that's fine. And that will take you to a point, but then they like, but they keep going to, they keep trying to go to like the next modality, and they keep jumping around. And it's like, now you have this big, bigger problem of like, you have, you don't, you don't have any clarity on what it is that you want to do. When in fact, maybe you need to make this like subtle shift over here into like this heart centered entrepreneur earlier in the podcast, I was talking about like, you know, my anger around like the medical establishment and you know, whatnot. Well, like, Actually, a lot of people share that sentiment. A lot of people, especially in this holistic space, 
they share those sentiments. Like they don't, they don't fully trust like the medical establishment. Like, cool. So we're in alignment. We're in agreement with on that, right? Do you realize that they're doing a lot of marketing all the time? Hollywood media, like there's propaganda literally everywhere. You know, like I. Uh, so, anyways, uh, that's again getting a little bit deeper with it. But the whole point I'm just trying to make is like, as far as like tips go, people need to start investing a little bit of their time and energy into clarity around what it is that they want to do, and by extension, how you want to market yourself. You know, not, not everybody has to just go on Instagram. That's not what it's about. Sometimes it's about going to consistently going to farmers markets, shaking hands, con, you know, connecting with local studios, having referral networks set up with, you know, with, uh, uh with different, uh, uh, professionals professions, you know, so that's, uh, that's that clarity, clarity. I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's not always about Instagram and social media. It's, it's like one piece of the pie or it's, um, it's one, it could be one leg of the chair. It could be one, you know, but there's like three, other, at least three other legs of that particular chair that, that you could implement. So I love that. That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And, um, what, what do you find is really helpful that keeps you going in your personal life? Is it a, a particular habit? Is it time with your family? Like what really recharges you uh, to be, you know, in your greatness in business? Uh, it's my son, my son, Beautiful. for sure. Uh, my son is like my, uh, he's my driving force. He's my guiding light, you know, and uh, if at any point I feel like I'm either getting distracted or demotivated, not demotivated, but like, I just, I'm not like going as hard as I possibly could or should. And not to say that I'm like, I'm not necessarily one of these like hustle, hustle, hustle to your eyes bleed kind of, kind of individual. I have been that person. Um, but, um, but, you know, we all have certain like goals and objectives. And I think that sometimes we can allow ourselves to be um, distracted. And for me, um, just as a, as a dad, you know, as somebody who is over here, like, Hey, I want to help the world by helping practitioners connect with audiences. Like I also want to help the world by raising a good man. And, uh, that's, you know, like I, I, I need to be the best resource for myself. I need to be the best resource for him. And, um, that's what probably keeps me motivated, you know, um, going back to that, that exact same book that your next five moves, um, you know, from Patrick Bed Davey, he talks about tapping into your pain, you know, tapping into your pain as motivation, you know, and um, some of that's there, you know, I think that I think that anger can definitely still be like a driving driving force for me, but it's also accompanied by love. Um, and I think that when we have both of those, at least for myself, anyway, you know, it's so subjective, but I need like a healthy balance of both of those. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For me personally, anger got me out of like this indifference that I had in my life. Cause I almost went into like, oh, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> like, like, okay. You know, it was just, it was almost like I was giving up for a second. Um, especially when I got out of grad school. Cause I, by that time I was just, I was, I had a lot of education in a field that I didn't care about. And I'm like, now I have to go get a job in a field that I don't care about didn't know myself, right? Lack of clarity I was doing it for validation and family reasons and all those other things. But it was the anger that was like, you know what, I don't care how hard eventually uh, this self-discovery this, uh, self journey is going to be, but I'm just going to go for it. Cause like, I just was so angry with 
the, the trap that I felt like I was in. And so that anger like pulled me out of that indifference and I was able to use it for full for fuel. And it wasn't destructive. Like you were talking about, I love how you, you named it, you labeled it. Was it in, um, integrated anger? Is that what you said? Yeah, it was. And I didn't know it, it was integrated anger, but it kept me going to like, to like, okay, what, what does Vanessa need? <laughs> what does Vanessa need to like, to feel passionate or to feel alive or to solve some of my quote unquote problems right now. So yes, that integrative anger that you're speaking about can be um, so powerful. And just a quick note to everyone, if you haven't had space for yourself, or maybe you haven't done a breath work or anything if to release that anger, if you can't remember when's the last time you were in a safe container where no one else was going to get harmed or scared or worried or anything, then create that, you know, maybe it's going out into the middle of the woods or, you know, maybe it's going to a boxing class or a breath work so that you can just allow yourself to either express the anger, give yourself that permission or anything else, any other feelings that need to come to the surface. Cause once those come out, you're more connected to yourself. Then you can step into your, or you can continue stepping into your greatness as a entrepreneur or a coach or a healer or like whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You said space, you know, use the word space. And I, and uh, again, still all goes all the way back to that first question about like purpose. And um, if you don't have that space, you know, you're just, you're oftentimes living out of habit, you know, with, with very little intention. And it's, and it's probably somebody else's intention. You know, I think I, you know, I've seen those tropes and cliches, like, it's like, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say, I don't, I don't, I never want to like condemn somebody or offer like negative, like associations with somebody like, oh, you're not living in purpose. Like who, you know, like hmm. nobody, nobody's anybody to say that, you know, um, you know, people that are working, you know, working their jobs and whatnot, it's just going back to like the permission and safety thing, you know, and space, try, try that, see how that feels, you know, and, and, and especially for the problems we were talking about tapping into your pain, especially for the problems that people are experiencing, right? Like sometimes you can let pain guide you. Like even if it's physical pain, sometimes like space can help with that. If it's emotional pain, you know, stuff going on with your family, you might not think that you need some space, but you you, you might not think that you need some like safety in your life, but you, you probably do. Maybe, you know, hey, maybe try it out. Try it out. Yeah. <laughs> try it out. I love it. Oh, this conversation has been so good. So good. Any last words of wisdom? It could be a quote. It could be, I mean, you've given us so many tips already, but if there's anything else you want to share. Oh man, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I just want to say thank you for, uh, for having me on, you know, I, um, be good to yourself. It's you know, really the only thing that kind of comes up for me, you know, and that, that being good to yourself can, um, you know, can take, can take the shape of many things. Sometimes that means, you know, doing the uncomfortable, you know, sometimes it sometimes it might mean, you know, doing something nice for yourself, you know, or not. So that's that's uh, that's probably what comes up for me there. Powerful. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Thank you for being here. It was such an honor. Thank you so much. Namaste, everyone.
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Can you do me a favor? Send this episode or any of your other favorite episodes to two people that will really help me get the word out about all the amazing conversations, all of the healing conversations, all of the deep conversations that are happening on this podcast show on the Sacred Souls podcast. So please thank you. You're amazing. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and your support and please send this episode to at least two people this week thanks again take a breath with me on the count of three one two three and exhale 